This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. We have one of our amazing clinicians here today, Lauren Larkin. Lauren, when I was thinking about introducing you, I was thinking about, I feel like your name, you can't say it without your first and last name. Like you're one of those people. It's that alliteration. Exactly. It's the alliteration. Yes. So, but Lauren, for everyone, everyone does, I can call you or Lauren, Lauren Larkin, but for everyone doesn't know you, can you please introduce yourself to everyone a little about yourself? Um, we're so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here and see the both of you today. I'm Lauren Larkin. I'm a therapist. <laughs> now I'm like, oh no, who am I? <laughs> I'm Lauren Larkin. I'm a therapist. I work at the therapy group and I own my own practice. And I work with a lot of young people, like 20s to early 40s. Uh, we work on dating, trauma, eating disorders, relationship issues, all of that good stuff. So today I'm talking about dating. So that's kind of like on the forefront of my mind. And uh, wait, so first of all, we have to say for the record, Lauren is one of the best people you could ever meet. And so like, great. truly, like you were one of those people that you're with and you're just like, I would like to be around this person for forever, which is interesting because I think that dating brings up so much of our insecurities and shit. And so it's interesting to have you here because like, you're someone who is still currently on the dating scene. You are a taken lady, but still in the dating scene. You have been for a while. So we want to have you to talk about real things. A lot of people want to talk about red flags, want to talk about dating uh, histories and stories. So tell us a little bit about all that. Yeah. So my idea for what I wanted to talk about today was I was thinking about this exercise that I do with clients all the time, which is like sort of a miracle question dating exercise. And it goes along with like, you know, manifesting, lucky girl syndrome, all that good stuff that's like buzzwordy right now. But it's kind of the opposite of focusing on the deal breakers and the red flags, which I feel like dating experts out there are constantly like, if you see this, no. If you see that, no. Right. Like, so it's instead like, first, let's just focus on, okay, if you're set out to find a partner and you want to find your person, you're like really serious about it, why would you not first give me the perfect person that you could? manifest and come up with if you were going to meet them tomorrow, write everything down. And I want people to be like silly and specific and like as like zeroed in as possible. Like if if you really were going to make a person, what would that person look like? 
be like, act like, what would they do for a living? You know, like really just, just get it out there. Silly and specific. Their farts smell like daisies. (laughs) I mean, well then, okay. (laughs) Is that yours? Wait, is that yours, Sam? Just the worst to, I just part is I almost said their farts. The worst part is I almost said their farts taste like daisies, and I was like, "Whoa!" Oh, now oh, we're getting an all other area taking it to another level. I mean, that might be on some people's list, and that's okay. And no judgment, <laughs> radical acceptance, here. radical right. acceptance. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, let's look at the list. Bring it to me. Let's hear it. Really, like all the stuff, and then what are your non-negotiables? So, sort of like the opposite of like, what are your deal breakers? What are the things you really, really, really want to see in a partner if he like, you know, works in a similar industry? Like, do we have any wiggle room here? It's like black and white thinking versus flexible thinking. We want to like encourage more flexibility because I think sometimes people are just so zeroed in on like one thing that they're looking for that they're missing a lot of opportunities. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering, Lauren, for you, as you have been on the dating scene, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is this something that you would do for yourself? So my story with this exercise <laughs> is a really fun one. So here's where the deal breakers come in, right? And in therapy, the best part about like the fact that we get to oscillate back and forth between past and present is that when an experience comes up in the present that we have a really heightened emotional response to, or if we have really inflexible thinking about something and you hear a client or yourself thinking or saying something over and over again in this experience, like I could never date someone with X, we want to look into, well, why? Of course, there are real deal breakers, like any sort of emotional, physical abuse, right? Like we're, we're going to give you those ones. Absolutely. I'm never going to push back on those or like values driven deal breakers. Like let's talk about if you really do want to date someone in the same religion as you, like has certain family values, whatever. I'm fine with us keeping those. But then if there are deal breakers that bring up a past experience for you that you should probably work through in therapy, that's where I'm going to push. So with me, I had a very interesting (laughs) dating experience that you both know about. I'm going to tell it in a very therapeutic centric (laughs) way. Um, I had always said that I would never date anyone who had kids. I come from a blended family. I feel like a lot of people can relate to this experience that maybe they grow up with step-siblings or half-siblings. And it's, I had not a bad childhood by any means. Like, let me just be clear. But it presents certain challenges. You have experiences that you absorb from your parents, (laughs) your siblings. Like everyone's trauma gets absorbed into your body, right? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. And for me, I took my experience and I was like, I just really don't think I'm ever going to date anyone or marry someone who has previously had kids, it seems like a hard thing that I don't want to redo. And then (laughs) I started dating somebody um, who found himself in a position where he was going to be a father very shortly after meeting me. And when he told me that experience, I started bawling, crying (laughs) almost uncontrollably. Mm -hmm. And it lasted about three weeks. (laughs) So when an emotional response, I mean, I should have just been like, bye. Like I, I had such a heightened emotional response to that information and had to figure out what that meant for me. Right. So I had actually been asking one of my clients to do this exact miracle question type exercise. And I had done it probably before in the past, like when I was thinking about or, or, you know, maybe not actually physically writing it down, but like I had thought about it before and I went back and I was like really struggling with this. Obviously, I had asked for space from this person and I wrote down my own list and the person that I had just met that I had started dating had everything on that list and he was about to be a dad. And so I had to like really say, I think this is about my own shit. And what is that shit? (laughs) And do I want to face it? Do I want to think about it? And, you know, talk to my therapist. I had really good conversations with my mom, actually, and her experience being a stepmom. I started to change my thinking about something that was a deal breaker for me. Something that I said, absolutely not, full stop, I can't do this. And even if me and this person work together to this day, 
I would be so grateful that I pushed through my discomfort and did some work around my childhood and like maybe places that I might've felt neglected because of the blended family situation or not gotten my needs met and really like validated my own experience and then said, well, maybe I could make this experience different for me. Or maybe I could be different in this situation, or maybe this person would be different. And like, I think we have such closed-minded ideas sometimes about what we want and what we want our future to be and how we want things like family and marriage and these big life decisions to look. And then there's like so many other ways that life can just go. So you can have your list of perfect partner stuff. You can have your red flags and you can have your deal breakers. And then sometimes real life just hits you like a truck, <laughs> like it did for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be like a really amazing opportunity. And as a therapist, now I feel like I challenge people more sometimes around these inflexible thoughts and feelings just to poke around and see, are there experiences that manifested this deal breaker or this red flag for you that we should process whether or not you take them off of your list and you say, okay, maybe I can do this, or maybe I should open up the pool to more people. You know, I don't care like your decision at the end of the day, but is there anything under the surface around these Mm -hmm. thoughts and feelings that you have about what your perfect partner needs to be that we should address? Because I had a lot, there was a lot under there. (laughs) Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item for my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. And you said this perfect phrase of pushing past discomfort in dating, right? Because that's really what we're talking about is that dating on its own is scary. 
in, in unbelievably scary and vulnerable. It just brings up such a significant amount of discomfort. But we can actually live through this discomfort more than we realize that we can. And uh, Lauren, when you were going sort of through the peak of this, we were in New York with you hanging out one day. <laughs> We said, okay, we'll come up to New York to see you. And you had said beforehand, I'm not going to tell Emily. She was like, she was like, I, I'm not, I'm going to wait. I'm, this isn't going to happen. Like, you like, like sit in the mirror and you're like, don't overshare. Don't do it. And it was like literally one, one sip of wine <laughs> in. You were like, I have to tell you guys something. <laughs> I was like, so while we're on the subject. We weren't. We, were. <laughs> we just got there. I was like, look at these lovely almonds. Lauren's like, we got to talk about something, right? So I'm like, but, good thing we have four therapists here. Yeah, yes. we have so yes. many therapists. But I got to witness something really spectacular from you that we witnessed with so many of our clients, which is I am sitting here flipping out and I'm still handling it. And I think we have this idea is that if I'm having this reaction, it means my body is saying, no, 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 run away. And your body might be saying that as the behavior, but it doesn't mean it's the primary emotion underneath, right? And so what you did was go against your instinct of run, run, run as fast as you can, gingerbread man, and saying, I guess I'll see what happens here. Right. And it was like, I'm not like committing to marrying you. I still don't know you that well. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, I still, we've like, I was like working on getting through my like licensing exam. I was like, I, I don't even have time for you, but now I have to decide, do I want to commit to seeing how this goes? And that, that was it. It was like, let's just open communication, see how this process works out for both of us, see if both of us get, get our needs met. And is this something that I could do? Maybe. And I wanted to run so bad, but when that protective instinct comes up, that's trauma response, right? Fight, flight, freeze, appease. Like those are the things that our body just does to say, I'm going to protect you. But sometimes it's protecting us from the good and the bad. Mm. And it's, it sounds like Lauren, you almost use this as an opportunity to say what is coming up for me. Right. When we are in these situations and we recognize that trauma in our body, that trauma response that comes up. And, you know, sometimes it's the burden. And the great thing about being a therapist, too, is like you can recognize <laughs> when these things come up and say, oh, God, now I have to deal with this. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's almost like ignorance is bliss. And the more, you know, so so I think that that's it's a really beautiful thing. What you're saying is that um you know, when that dis discomfort comes up in dating, when we meet people that we feel connected to, but it brings up some of our past shit to be able to say, okay, this is something I'm going to turn towards instead of turn away from is a really brave thing to do because it is so much easier at times to turn away from it and just say like, I'm not dealing with this. I don't want to look at this. And it just sounds like you also created such an opportunity through conversations with your mom, through like looking at your own shit to say like, how do I want to look at this? What does this feel like for me? And I just think it's so, it's just such a beautiful example of what a lot of us can do when, when trauma is brought up or past shit's brought up by our relationships is to be able to turn towards it instead of away. But Lauren, there's people listening that are like, well, is she still with him? <laughs> Yes. So <laughs> was it worth it? Right. I think that's the thing is everyone's fear is like if I there's another fear that happens for people, especially the hit into um, your 30s and 40s of like, I feel like I only have so much time. Right. So if I, I stay with this person, I'm not even 100 percent for if I don't even know if I do this, that I'm wasting time because we feel like we have this clock that's ticking. And I think that that is something to sit here and say, like, well, what if I hadn't tried? Mm -hmm. Right. What if you had said to yourself, you want to know what? Baby on the horizon, this shit's not for me. I gotta go. And maybe it would have been fine because you wouldn't have known what it could have been. Mm -hmm. But was it worth it? Was it worth it to look at yourself and to do that? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think I would, even if we weren't together, I would still have gotten something from trying and knowing I'm the type of person <laughs> that, whether it's good or bad, I like to know that I did everything I possibly could. Um, to a point, <laughs> which has gotten me in trouble in relationships in the past. I'll tell you that. Um, like being the one to be like, okay, well, let me just give this one more shot. Um, but knowing that I did everything internally and externally possible to say, like, can I grow from this? And if 
even if we weren't together, I think I would still kind of not regret going through that. Lauren, I like a healthy uh, mix of resiliency and codependency in one. That's how I see myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty good. (laughs) But it's interesting when you said like people who are like running out of time, I think that two things can happen. Um, or at least from what I see with clients, I don't know if you, you two agree, but two things can happen. I think people either pick the narrative of I'm not going to find anyone and really lean into that. And like everything gives them the ick and they stop like getting the motivation to go on the apps or trying to meet people. And then it's just like, okay, well, this is my life now. I want it to be this. Um, or people can settle. Right. So the idea of really like examining these lists and these ideas of like, what, what do I want? What am I willing to work with and changing them over time? Because as you know, you may enter into your late thirties or forties, might be hard to find somebody who doesn't have a kid or who hasn't, you know, mm-hmm. been married before. And if those were your deal breakers beforehand, we have to look at that list and we have to say like, okay, what is your shit about someone who's been married and divorced? Did you have a divorce in your family? Like, do you feel like it means something? What does that mean to you? You know, the (laughs) the question we ask like 400 times a day, like, okay, I'm hearing this thing. What does that mean? What meaning are you making of the fact that someone has been in a, has or hasn't been in a long-term relationship before, whatever the deal breaker is. And we really want to toe the line of not being so closed off (laughs) and just choosing loneliness or like saying, you know, I can be unhappy or I can be happy with being single Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life and being like, we don't need to settle for all of these, you know, quote unquote, red flags that this person has not a lot of things on your list. Like maybe we could wait it out for a Mm -hmm. little. (laughs) (laughs) I love, and I love that idea of the list being like ever evolving, right? As you evolve, your list evolves. I was just um, listening to something. Don't remember what it was, but something about how like (laughs) it was a podcast. I can't, I cannot. Somebody (laughs) somewhere said this thing. It's guys. Someone somewhere said this thing. I obviously can't remember, but um talking about how the people that you might have chosen when you were in your early 20s is very different than the people who you would choose in your early 30s, your 40s, right? So as you change for your list to also be able to evolve as you evolve too. Lauren, we have a million questions for you. Are you ready for some listener questions? Did you see some? some Nikki Nikki the prep queen was here. Somebody asked in, when is it a red flag and when is it just human flaw? <laughs> I, I have a lot of human flaws. So, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was looking actually at these questions and a lot of people are like, is it a red flag if this? Is it a red flag if that? Is it a red flag or is it a human flaw? Like, it depends on you. <laughs> I really think that there's a, only a couple of red flags, like the previous, I mean, not red flags, deal breakers, the previous like abusive situations that I've mentioned, right? And values aligned red flags, those types of things that I think that those can stay true and stay strong and they should. And then it's like, okay, I, I remember I was working with a client and she was saying like, someone wears socks with sandals. And I was like, yeah, that is disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely. But is that a red flag? Like, are we really going to not give someone? an opportunity like maybe that's just their human flaw and dating you can help them not i just want everyone to know that i wear socks and birkenstocks every day (laughs) to get the mail and to bring my daughter to school (laughs) and it's and that is still disgusting and i'm fine with that but i can own it (laughs) it's it's also comfortable (laughs) do you remember those adidas with like the little bubbles on the bottom oh yeah you like had to wear socks with those they hurt I'm like, I'm picturing like a flip-flop when I say disgusting. Oh, I like the sock to be goes, clear. That like is a thong flip where the sock goes yes. like, yeah. That's I'm picturing it, that's that it. when I am using this example. Um, but I really think that there's so many quote unquote flaws. I mean, I'm super flawed. Like everyone is super flawed. And the person who asked this question should probably look at what their flaws are before kind of, you know, mm-hmm. labeling all the things as <laughs> red flags. And obviously, you're not going to get along with everybody, right? But is it a red flag or is it just not a good fit in that case? Well, I had somebody say to me once, well, I'll never date anyone who wears boxers and not boxer briefs. And at the time, my now husband only wore boxers. And I remember being like, oh, my God, like, she knows something. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I got in my freaking head. Like, I was like, oh, man, like, I 
Yeah, she knows something I don't <laughs> I'm know. Sort of like, oh, hey, Aaron wears boxers. I don't know, you know, right? But like we, we so we start saying these made up effing rules, and it's kind of in some ways like diet culture, right? And then it gets in other people's heads too, and it's kind of hard to get it out because you're like, maybe she knows something I don't know to the secret of love. <laughs> well, well, I also wonder, you know, my my the question that came up for me is if someone is constantly finding these like tiny little things in someone else, my question would be, what are you protecting yourself from? Like if you're always looking for a flaw that is keeping you from being in a relationship and it's a consistent pattern, no matter what, without you being able to say, okay, is this something I can I look past the fact that they're wearing boxers and not boxer briefs, right? Or can I look past the fact that they're wearing socks with sandals and so so that would be my question is, if you're seeing that consistently and it's keeping you from being vulnerable or entering into a relationship, what's happening for you, right? What, it, what where do you go? Where are you, what are you trying to protect yourself from? Because I think that that often happens too, is that we try to find these little things in order to keep us from going into a relationship because it can be scary and it can bring up a lot for us. And the little silly things that we're talking about and laughing about, like, I think are great examples of that. But then there's also more serious ones that come up on dating podcasts and stuff all the time where it's like, you know, the three date till you have sex rule or the, if they haven't texted you by this many days, they're out, like never give them a chance again. And it's like, you also hear stories, real life stories of people who went back and forth and played cat and mouse and one person wasn't ready yet for the relationship and the other person was and that hurt their feelings, but they were able to work through it. And like, I think that I don't want to encourage, right, someone to feel unhappy in those types of spaces. And I think that if you're consistently checking in with yourself or your therapist is there to be like, you seem more unhappy than happy in this relationship, like, give me like a percentage, like, is it... 50-50 or what are we what are we dealing with? Are you 70% sad in this relationship? Maybe we should walk away. But sometimes people aren't ready or they forget to text you after the date or they're going through something or they're like, I think there was a question on here, like if if uh, someone talks about their ex on a first date, is that a red flag? It's like, well, are you not over your ex and you're worried that, you know, that's projecting yeah. onto this person? What if they just mentioned their ex one time? Or what if they're trying to be super transparent and about the fact that they were in a four-year relationship and it was hard for them to get over it, but they're like being vulnerable with you. Like mm. that's not a red flag. So it's it's some of the tougher ones that do bring up emotions. Are they worth sitting with? Or, you know, are the emotions too strong and we're feeling too sad and rejected and we don't want to permit some of this behavior? Totally fine, right? I'm just saying like, it's not always so cut and dry about like, okay, this is the rule. I'm never talking to them again. They might just be going through their own shit and maybe they haven't wanted to trauma dump on you right in the beginning. Well, I or think whatever. you said it so perfectly at the beginning of the episode, Lauren, which is that like, can we have flexible guidelines? Can we have flexible things in our life, right? Because if somebody sits down and he's like, oh, you're definitely not as hot as my ex, they're a fucking asshole. If somebody sits down yes. and says, you know, this is difficult. It's my first time dating after being with my ex for a very long time, but I'm really excited to be here tonight. They sound like a lovely little human that's trying, right? And so this idea of having a one yeah. thing, and I'm glad that you brought up dating shows and stuff, is because when we have these very, like, black and white rules about what is allowed and not allowed, it does not allow for humanity to be there. And I, I think the reason why people go into like, I need the, it's like almost like I need a formula in order to figure this out. And so that can be also where a lot of these questions are coming from, right? Like I need to figure out if this is a red flag or not so that I can figure this out. And you know, I think that everyone's looking for this specific formula and that's why we lean on friends. That's why we listen to podcasts. I talk, you know, to to people who are, are dating all the time about if you lean on friends and you say like, how would you approach this or how would you go about this? And they're giving you this advice. You're taking that advice. Um, you're approaching dating from a from your friend's perspective and not your own perspective. And so you may attract someone or you may get into something that isn't real and authentic to you because you're looking for this outside validation. 
And but but I think it's natural to want this formula and to want this support to know that we're doing it right. Right. That it almost feels protective and it almost feels like if I have this formula, then I'm going to be able to make this work and I'm not going to get hurt. Right. It's all self-protective, but self-protection keeps us lonely at the end of the day. Right. It's like that quote from, um, he's just not that into you, like where the one girl keeps going at it over and over again and making herself vulnerable. And she's like, I might look stupid, but I'm a lot closer to finding someone than you are because I'm not just turning away from the experiences. And I might make myself look silly or whatever, and I might get hurt. But I love what you said about friends' opinions because everyone can have their own, right? Like, And we can respect each other's thoughts and feelings about what they are looking for. And we can talk about it in a way that is not judgmental. And, you know, we might say, I'm, I don't know if I could do that, but if you want to do that, I'm here to support you. That's what a lot of my friends did for me. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. Advice on how to sit with your own feelings of discomfort or concern toward a friend's partner when you feel they deserve much more. Oh, that comes up so much in therapy. I can't even tell you how many clients come in and they're like, I am having a really hard time. What should I say? What should I do? And I kind of always give the same answer or a similar kind of, we go through a rehearsal of like, how might you be able to share with your friend When they ask, if they are asking for your opinion directly about this person, how can you share that you have noticed a few things that feel disrespectful or that you don't really love about that person? 
right? Because if, if that strong feeling is coming up and they're being mistreated, we want to be able to advocate for that. And we want to recognize maybe the vulnerability of saying, this is coming from a deeply protective and loving place for you. I have a hard time watching you date this person because I see it as you hurting yourself over and over again, right? That's a lot more palatable for your friend to hear than I don't like your boyfriend because he's X, Y, and Z. That's going to bring up defensiveness mm-hmm. in your friend, right? And then the two of you are going to have a fight and then it's going to be escalated. But instead, if you approach it from, these are my thoughts and feelings, I love you. And that's why I'm sharing them with you. You can do with them what you want and I will still support you. I think that's kind of the best way to approach it unless it is coming into the friendship or the relationship in some way. And then, you know, you're going to want to have a more, like if that person's directly disrespecting you as the friend, like you're going to want to have more candid, maybe more confrontational conversation. But I always think of it as like, if you bring it to the person and you share your feelings about the situation, they can't really argue with you. But if you bring it as a direct attack to their partner, they're going to immediately become defensive. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have just such interesting questions. Like as I'm reading, there's <laughs> so many. Is this a red flag? Is this a pink flag? Right? Yeah. Like, so how do you decide if a significant other's mom's issues are a deal breaker? Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that that one's one of the ones I feel like could go into the bucket of a real deal breaker, right? Like, if you can't handle some of the family dynamics of your partner, and you feel like it brings up too much for you, and you can see it being an ongoing issue, time and time again, every family holiday, right, that could be a future that you will not be super happy with. So I think that family that kind of like goes along with the values. And the if the guy's got some codependent mommy issues going on and he won't go to therapy for them or he won't like, look inward. That is, that could be a deal breaker for you. I don't know this person, right? yeah. um, but they have to be really real with themselves in order to figure that out. And I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> because if it's rough during dating, it's going to be even bigger during marriage. Right. So like some I mean, really, when we talk about family dynamics, some of the stuff you experience at dating, you're like, whoa, I don't ever want to be around this when you're married. What's that going to mean for you? I would also wonder, like the awareness around it, like, are you seeing that they have some sort of mom, mom issues and are they not seeing it or are they able to talk about it? Are they able to say, like, I recognize that this is a struggle to be able to find a partner that has a perfect family is impossible. Right. It's just impossible. So I would also ask, like, did they have some awareness around it? Can you talk about it? What does that look like? What do boundaries look like with that family? Uh, you know, a few people also asked red flag if they don't want to go to therapy. <laughs> I know. I saw that one and I was like, I'm going to go with yes. It yeah. is a red flag. <laughs> I know. My, my first, <laughs> like, like inflexible the, thinking. Done. <laughs> <laughs> As therapists, of course, we think that that's our job. But well, and there was another one that was like, if your partner won't go to therapy with you, and I do think that is a huge yeah. red. You know, to just keep using the term, but I think that that could potentially create a lot of barriers if someone is so closed off to going to therapy with you for the relationship. What are they afraid yeah. that they're going to face there? What are they afraid they're going to face an individual therapy? Like if you can't do some of that internal work and you can't do it because your partner's asking you to, I feel like that maybe they don't understand the meaning behind it and why it would be important for you. And maybe that's something worth sharing. Um, And then if they're still saying no, like that's a, that's a really big human need that you might have in the relationship to go to couples therapy and maybe do some sort of counseling to protect this relationship. And if they don't want to do that, that would raise some question marks for me. I'm like protective of this person. I don't yes, know. Yes, <laughs> yes. Who asked this question? That's how we feel. Whenever we read these questions, we're like, oh, God, I wish I could meet this person. I'm like, I love yes, you. The yes. bravest person that's ever Thank lived. Thank you for asking. But I think... But I think it's also like this is what we're talking about. Is like there's so much nuance on this topic because like let's say that you have a partner who experienced harm from a therapist. And and we all know that this field has caused harm to people, especially if they're from a marginalized population. Let's say they had really negative experience growing up. They may really not have the safety to go with you, right? And that's when you can say, okay, what could be an alternative for our growth and healing then, right? Like is there some adaptability? Hey, I really want you to come to this. 
Um, and maybe they're only comfortable showing up to a Zoom where they have their camera shut off and they're there to just listen and they can be there for that. You know what I mean? Like there, I think there's ways to make things work. And that's what I'm just obsessed with. This, this entire podcast episode should be flexible dating. Nikki won't like that. She won't. No, yeah, but I'm just good. saying, I yeah, we're not, they're not going to choose that. But I think the name should be flexible dating because that's what it is. It's so true. That's such a good point too, because I'm so quick to say, I want everyone to be in therapy and I want Same. everyone to come to us. And, and that's <laughs> because too. I trust like all the clinicians I know, but I do have clients who come to me after trying therapy before and had, had horrible experiences or, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll have a client's partner sit in for a family session and they'll have shared like why they're so um, averse to going to therapy because they always learned that they have to deal with everything themselves and they didn't experience yeah. love and they didn't experience care. So why would they go and get love and care from a professional? Right. And so I think your point is so true. And there could be a lot of reasons why someone is unwilling or unable to go to therapy with you. And maybe we could dive into those without being in therapy. And then if, you know, or you could like even say, I talked to this I talked to my therapist about this today and they said this. What do you think about these ideas? Like you're saying, just like gradually exposing them to yes. the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's my favorite. Sneaky therapy. Sneaky therapy. That's Jen's that favorite thing. Sneaky thing therapy. I, I'm creating a new uh, therapeutic modality. It's called sneaky therapy. Um, <laughs> Honestly, you could probably just really think I could crush it. Yes. That. I really think I could. Okay. Yeah. This one. This is a for me a personally a red flag. My number one is being dismissive or rude to anyone in the service industry. Oh, I have this too. I hate. That. I hate that. Lauren, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. But my initial <laughs> thought was, what trauma have you gone through in the service industry? Yes. What should we talk about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Or what trauma have you, you know, experienced from people being rude to you or others just in general? Because I feel like that's just a basic human thing to be disrespectful to someone who is, you know, working for you. No, absolutely not. Right. If that's how someone okay. sees the world, that is awful. But you know, what's so funny, right? Is okay. So I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. And then I had this second thought, which, which is that yesterday... Um, Jen and I were out to a lunch and I ordered a drink that I really did not like. <laughs> I really didn't fucking like this drink. It, I had Jen taste it. It tasted like shit. Okay. Bad. The waitress comes back. She's like, how are the drinks? I'm like, great. Well, wait, before, <laughs> before, before she came, I was like, Emma, best, gonna, best drink I've ever are had. Are you going to send it back? And she was like, <laughs> no, I can't do that. I can't. I was like, yes, you can. You could do it very nicely. We like talked through it. And we had this whole conversation about her sending it back. And we were like, it's okay. Like, you can do this. Um, and she came over and she was like, how's everything? How are the drinks? And Emily was like, amazing. <laughs> I started <laughs> dying laughing. And then we ordered our food. And at the after we ordered our food, she said, great. And then she asked, how are the drinks again? And I was like, thank fucking God. And Emily goes, you know, I don't love this one. And I'm so sorry to be that person. And I was like, great job. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? So like sometimes if you're someone like me, that it's really hard to say it because like, I have experience of like working in retail for a long time, different stuff where people were just genuinely fucking assholes. It is actually so hard because I'm like, these people go through so much, especially like in the service industry right now where there is such a lack of labor and there is not enough people and they're not getting paid enough and no one's getting tipped enough, right? Like all these things I can think about. There was a time though that I thought sending something back or saying no was automatically rude or dismissive too. Uh, that's not necessarily true. So part of this is, do I have to look at myself and like, what am I defining as rude or dismissive as well if I'm going to add this onto my red flag? That is so it's true. It's such a good point. My, You know, <laughs> it's funny. My dad once sent a drink back. He was like, I'm going to send this back. I don't like it. I was like, dad, okay, make sure you do it nicely. Like do it as <laughs> nicely as you possibly can. He was like, oh, I will. Don't worry. And the waitress comes over and she's like, how's everything? He's like, you know, this is the worst drink I've ever had. <laughs> I was like, dad, <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that your idea of nice? <laughs> it's like, what? I'm sorry, what? He was like, yeah. was that bad? Was that bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, we have a lot of different definitions for different so words. So exactly. Huh? So everyone has different definitions for what that looks like. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I know we went off on a huge tangent, but maybe we, this is a really good question. And maybe we, we leave you with this one and then we'll go into some calling bullshit. How do you have the conversation about deal breakers and boundaries before marriage? I saw this question and I was like, we should start doing it now. <laughs> Before marriage, yes, immediately, please start talking about your boundaries and things that would potentially be a deal breaker for you, because I think there's a tendency to want to push some of these conversations off as to not scare people or, you know, you don't have to deal with it till later. But I feel like that is a little bit of like fantastical thinking, right? Or magical thinking. You just want the relationship to keep going and be happy and you don't want pain right? That's, that's like the human experience. We just sit around avoiding pain as much as possible. But if you don't have these conversations, the pain is going to be so much worse when you are close to marrying someone and you find out you want kids and they don't want kids or you, I don't know what, what would be another good like boundary or deal breaker before marriage that would come up. You want your dog to sleep in the bed and they don't. And they don't. Right. So these things that would potentially be really big deal breakers. And the you want to wait till closer to the commitment to find that out. I think if you have strong deal breakers that are values driven or that are, you know, just absolutely non-negotiable that you've worked through, that you've talked to your therapist about, you want to bring them to your partner as soon as possible and make sure you're on the same page. Yeah. And, and you can do that in a way that's that. not so scary. Like it doesn't always have to be so intense when we have these conversations. Like, yes, like can, sit down, dark room, <laughs> one <laughs> candle. <laughs> so it like, <laughs> doesn't always have to be a confrontation. I feel like some people come to therapy and they think that I'm going to tell them, okay, you have to go assert your boundaries super loudly to every single person who's ever harmed you. <laughs> um, and you are going to lose people because of it. Like, like soft boundaries is where we'll start. Like, Start to just have a conversation, say, you know, this could be ongoing. This is our agreement for now. Relational agreements are always rewritable. Re- I don't know if that's a word. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Rewritable. We'll take it. And, <laughs> and, and just start. Just start having the conversations. Ease into them. Do whatever you can to make that happen for you. Lauren, we are so happy you came on today. Before we get to calling bullshit, um, uh, there's an interesting second part of the story we want to sort of get to, which is you had this you got to look at yourself. You had this incredibly challenging thing um, dating your... And tell us a little bit about how this ends it up because I think this part's important to know. Yes. So I committed to figuring it out with this person um, and it ended up that the baby was not his baby. So I am not currently a stepmom, but I would not have had the experience to grow in the relationship with him. I would not have had the experience to look at myself in a different way and see that I could do a lot of things that I didn't think were possible for me. I also want to share that I have full permission <laughs> from my partner to share this story because it it truly is his trauma, like my vicarious trauma just through the experience. Um, and I want everyone to know that I'm not out here just <laughs> telling his story without permission. Um, <laughs> we're very happy. And I learned a lot. And I think what we take from that is you never know where things are going to go. You never, you never (laughs) know. And so in this culture that I think we live in a little bit here of cut people off and fuck it and get out and run away, what's it like to stay? What's it like to try something? What's it like to be uncomfortable? And where will it lead you? You never know. So let's move on to call some bullshit. Okay. So this was so easy for me to come up with because I do this like literally all day long (laughs) with my clients and I call it bullshit. Um, Closure is the biggest bullshit idea, concept. I don't even know why people think that going to meet with their ex person and getting more information, I really do think always causes more harm than good because you're putting the power in that person's lap to continue to hurt you or to give you healing, right? Why are we giving the other person the opportunity to give us something that we have to give ourselves? So I mean, there's a few circumstances where I feel like closure exists, but I always feel like it happens organically within that person over time, right? But this idea that we have to go and sit down and get that closure and it has to be this like perfectly tied up with a bow thing, I just really think 
doesn't ever work out the way that it's supposed to. <laughs> so that's my bullshit. And I was actually saying it to a client yesterday, like recenter yourself in this narrative. You keep centering your ex-partner in the narrative. And I think closure does that a lot by saying, well, if they told me they don't hate me anymore, or it's okay that we're breaking up, or I wasn't X, Y, and Z, and they knew I loved them. Like, yeah, of course we want to hear those things, but we have to tell ourselves those things and like put ourselves back in the center of yeah. this process. Perfect. Oof. Lauren, we can't thank you for being here today. Where can folks find you? You have to follow Lauren on TikTok too. She has some really good TikToks. So where can people find you, uh, make an appointment with you, follow you on TikTok, all the things? I know I'm so full right now. It's such a bad time to be on the podcast because I'm full. But if you want to reach out, start a waitlist for you. Yeah. Waitlist. You can reach out to the therapy group. You can reach out to me at LEL Therapy and I'm LEL Therapy on TikTok. I am trying to grow my TikTok. So TikTok is not therapy, but there are fun little tips and tricks that I do on there. And it's super light. And, and I think that if you can reach more people, than the 30 clients that I see per week, <laughs> which is too much. <laughs> I do know um, that I want to reach as many people as possible. Follow Lauren on TikTok. Get on her wait list if you are working with this phenomenal, wonderful starfish of a woman. We thank you for listening to today's episode of Shrink Chicks. You can all rate, review, subscribe. Send this episode over to a friend that's dating so they know that you love and support them. We always ask you follow us on Apple. I don't know all the places you guys know at this point. Watch us. You watch us on YouTube. You can follow us at the Therapy Group or at Shrink Chicks. You can work with one of our amazing clinicians at thetherapygroup.com in states all over the United States. Hey, thanks for being here today. And then don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts? We're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.